welcome. Welcome to another episode of X's and Babies. I'm Jeff Cheatham. I'm here with Sydney Swanigan, and we're also here with a very, very special guest, Dr. Sunita Iyer. How you doing? I'm doing great. Hi. Good, good. Good to have you here. So, yes. without me running down and pumping you up and gassing you up, I'm going to allow you to do that yourself. <laughs> so, who is you, doctor? Um, well, um, one of the things that I am as a doctor, yeah. um, I'm a mom, yes. um, I'm a professor, mm-hmm. I'm also a midwife, Okay. Ooh. um, I'm a writer, mm-hmm. uh, I like play tennis, okay. so recreational tennis player and a very bad golfer. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> very bad. Okay. okay. Got it. So, uh, sleep is... I actually do sleep now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I do. But I, so I, I don't catch babies anymore oh, right okay. now. Uh, yeah. Sleeping yeah, so I am sleeping rest. these days. Oh, yeah, my, nice. my clarity is high. Yeah. Yeah. So you're a professor at uh, University of Washington in mm-hmm. Bothell. Yep. You're a doctor. So which field of doctorism are you in? I know it's a hard word. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so which field are you? Uh, I was mostly doing primary care and mm-hmm. working in pediatrics and doing a lot of perinatal care. So working with pregnant people, postpartum, mm-hmm. and just all family stuff. What got you into that? Um, I actually worked with teens in Boston for okay. a couple years. And they were pregnant or parenting. And it was looking at how they were treated in the system, the birth experiences, the postpartum experiences, the lack of support for feeding, that actually inspired me to look more into, well, how could I support people in doing this kind of work so that they could have positive experiences as they become parents instead of feeling like trash. Hmm. You said problems with feeding. Oh, yeah. So what do you, what do you mean by that? Um, not being supported if they wanted to breastfeed, oh. um, being told that you know they were too young or too, you know, ignorant to know how to breastfeed properly, that they would starve their babies, and oh. so feeling like their only option was to feed formula. And for a lot of them, it was reasonable. Okay. Um, and you know, for me, it's not necessarily what people choose one way or the other, but just yeah. feeling supported in whatever choice you want to make. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. So what? What? So. Your experiences in Boston, what was the foundation for you to, like, okay, I want to get a, pursue this as a career. Like, what happened? Hmm. Well, wow, a lot of things happened. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of really positive experiences, but also a lot of uh, very eye-opening experiences mm-hmm. about even in these, you know, world-renowned hospitals, this is what happens to people when they come in to give birth, that they're mm-hmm. treated like a medical problem mm-hmm. instead of humans participating in a normal, healthy human life event. Right. And that's the part of things, that's the part of the situation I wanted to be involved in was the humans being involved in a human event. I know sometimes things go wrong and, you know, that happens too. And I'm happy to have really amazing people who care for them. But a lot of times it just goes normally. So that's where I wanted to, that's kind of where I wanted to be. I love that. That's amazing, man. And as as a guy, you know, I'm I'm sympathetic to it, towards the situation regarding like birth and health, birth and rights, and all that stuff. But it's still, what can I do? What like what can I do to help? <laughs> right. out? Okay, allyship. I'm trying to no because it's like I don't want to be dismissive because of course it. I don't want to be like the guy that doesn't happen to me. So why should I care? Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give to like men who Oof. want who need to get out there and care and allyship? Honestly, just learn from all the sources that they can learn. So whether if you like to read books, read a book. If you're a blog guy, read a blog, but actually Mm. do your own reading and learning. I think honestly the same way I would 
recommend to people if they really wanted to learn how to be an ally to anybody else, mm. whether it's around race or sexuality or gender, go do your homework. Mm -hmm. And don't make the person who is in that position be the person who has to teach you. Right. And at least in situations where maybe I have lived in a, in a brown body my whole life, I can tell you a little about what the experience is like. Yeah. But for a first-time pregnant person, they don't know what it's like either. So there's a lot of um, situations that happen where folks lean on the pregnant person to tell them how it's supposed to be as if they're the expert. Mm. So I usually just recommend to partners, dads, like, hey, there's a lot of resources out there. Just consume them, all of them. Right. You know, there's good ones and bad ones. So come and bring your questions. Yeah, absolutely. So we could get into that topic all day long. But we hear about yes. co-parenting co yes. stuff. So how long have you been a co-parent? Uh, three and a half, almost four years. Yeah, okay. four years. Yeah. Okay, veteran. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe sort not. Of. Maybe sort not. of, yeah. It's coming phases. Okay, so, yeah. that, that seems yeah. reasonable. Um, so tell me, how's your experience been, like, coming into co-parenting? Like, maybe how it started? Where is mm -hmm. it at now in terms of? Um, the dynamic that you and your partner have, co-parent partner? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I mean, we started actually trying to co-parent a little bit and splitting up some of those responsibilities while we were still living in the same house. So we were, we had this idea that maybe we'd tried the bird nesting thing. And then I was like, uh-uh. What's that? What's yeah, that? What's oh, that? yeah. I read a couple articles about it back then where yeah. someone said it's when the couples decide to separate or divorce, even, you know, go through the whole legal process, but stay in the same house. Ooh, yes. And then, and some people work it out where one parent leaves the house for some period of time so that one parent can be in the house with the kid. But the idea is that the kiddo stays in the same house for mm. kids and that the parents are the ones who come and go. Okay. And that idea appealed to me in theory. Yeah, sounds <laughs> nice. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. my kid didn't have to experience that disruption, right. you know, because he was eight at the time yeah. or eight and a half. And uh, but the reality of that was not it soon became really clear for me, not necessarily even how it was playing out, but just my own right. re like evolution. I was like, oh, no, I can't do this. That's, right. that's not actually what I want. Mm -hmm. right. So Right. And there's options. There's no one way to co-parent. No, um, <laughs> at all. Yeah, we, we talked a little bit about parallel parenting and such, and we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit later. But so tell me about like, you know, when that moment came where you knew it was time to like, let's start doing this different. Let's go into co-parenting. Yeah. We were probably about six months in, okay. um, but I think I knew a couple weeks in, but just wanted to give it time to evolve. Mm -hmm. Um and then we decided to get different places, and yeah. that was, you know, a bit of a challenge, like who was going to go, who was going to stay, and so there was a little bit of work in that part out. And then we actually ended up working with a mediator, oh, nice. which I thought was really helpful. Okay. Um, there was a lot of questions that I wouldn't have known to ask mm. if we didn't have someone who were really familiar with the process. Okay. And she had a template and, you know, a whole form that we could follow to and answer a lot of questions to get at our values, and then we could start there. That's so beautiful. that's kind of where it started okay. was with that process. Okay. And we came up with a schedule, but then COVID happened. So this was like, I lockdown was March of 2020. Mm -hmm. I found the place I was going to move into, I think two weeks before <laughs> lockdown happened. Oh, no. And then I couldn't move into it right away. And it was just, it was an agreement that I had made with the person. They wanted to stay an extra month. And I was like, yeah, no problem. Right. I don't, I'm not in an unsafe situation. Right. I you know have somewhere to be. Okay. So we waited another month still. So then the first six weeks of lockdown, we were living together wow. still. 
but not necessarily wanting to be. Right. That's that sounds <laughs> that was challenging. Well, I think one of the first nights he was like, I'm going to go do a quick Costco run. Um, would you like this bottle of whiskey? And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Okay. <laughs> this, not this one, but this, this one. one. <laughs> like, yes, please. Yes. Whatever size they have. I love it. I love um. it. Yeah, that, I, wow. There's uh, so many COVID stories, I'm sure, but I never thought yeah. about like trying aspect. to yeah. separate yep. and being forced to be in the same household while while all this craziness yeah. is ensuing. Yeah. And not um, knowing how long that was going right. to go on. And so I ended up moving out in essentially what was still lockdown. Okay. Um, and that was, it <laughs> was anticlimactic right. <laughs> to start your new right. life and not have anyone be able to help you right. come over. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I literally, I did a zoom like housewarming. <laughs> it was the saddest thing oh, ever. No. <laughs> do people do that? Is it, was I, it worth it? <laughs> no, no. Okay. I literally walked around in community this. talking. That's I walked great, around but... with my computer. I was like, this is my new <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so amazing. Oh my God. I was I was sort of laughing and crying at the same time. Oh, no. <laughs> Last years? No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. a lot of people when you know when COVID happened, which almost seems like it was a lifetime ago, they say that it, g- it gave them time to think about things. Yeah. Like they got to learn more about who they really were because they were isolated from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Did that experience happen to you? Definitely. So what what did you learn about yourself? Uh Man. Regarding this situation, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> or so, not. So or many, not. Or so many things, so many right? Things. Okay. I, you know, honestly, when for me, like the once the process got underway, and mm-hmm. then we are working with a mediator, there's so many details that you're taking care of, mm-hmm. like money and the schedule and all that kind of stuff. And there's some conversations about values, but you don't actually really know how this is going to play out. Right. You don't actually know what it's going to be like when, okay, now you're dropping him off. Now I'm dropping him off. When someone's two hours late, how are we handling that? Mm-hmm. When the clothes end up at one person's mm-hmm. house, like there's it, and it sounds like all silly stuff, no. nah. but it's just, <laughs> but it's just like any relate, like it's, you know, like the socks on the floor, or the right. dishes by the sink, right? Like that stuff adds up mm-hmm. and they very often look like the same patterns that were. And that was the thing that I realized in COVID because mm-hmm. then all the other variables went away, right? Yeah. We didn't have commuting. We didn't have all the activities, so we couldn't say, oh, I got late because, or right. this thing didn't happen because. like blame traffic. I was like, that's not actually happening, right. so I'm. <laughs> this is some truth. Right. So you said values. Yes. Yeah. So I really want to, we, we wanted to touch on that. Yeah. So values, religious, cultural, all of the above, is that values? Well, I mean, religion, not so much for me. Okay. Um, I was raised... I'm going to say actually atheist. Okay. I mean, my dad definitely said when we were kids, there's no such thing as God. Okay. God's not coming to help you. Uh, you know. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we are your support team. Your all family right. is your support team. Gave no credit so, to Santa at all. Huh? No. <laughs> I mean, we we did like, do it, but we always knew. Yeah. Because <laughs> right. like, it was American, right? Yeah. So right. we wanted to participate in the American things. Okay. Um, <laughs> but the, if there was a like a, a sanctuary, it was family. You know, that's definitely a core value. Mm. And so that was really tricky for me to figure out, well, where does my family still fit in this equation? Mm-hmm. 
That was a whole other ball of wax because they had no idea what to do with this. Okay. And they were going through their whole grieving process. Right. And then I'm having to manage their grief and my stuff too. So there was that. Like their grief of you separating. Yeah. Okay. And Got the it. loss of family. Yeah. Like for them, it was a really big deal mm. that this person, because we were together for 20 years. Oh. We were together so, for 20 years. Yeah. Oh. So this person had been part of their lives for 20 years. Yeah. We took vacations together. We traveled to other countries together. Right. You know, they were our full-time care providers for our son for three years. Wow. Um, so, you know, yeah. the five of us were like a unit. Mm. Um, all co-parenting. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. My son wow. was, you know, mm. the the sun and we were four planets orbiting. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> and I think people don't recognize that a lot, like the impact it has on the family yeah like the mom the dad Separating. the aunties the uncles because especially if you like 20 years mm -hmm. it's a big factor i didn't see it coming i'll be honest oh, i man. i knew my parents in my like i knew in my gut my parents were going to be super disappointed and they'd be so disappointed in me and maybe it's a family thing maybe it's a cultural thing the way we express disappointment is with critique okay. um okay. and uh and harsh critique at okay. that so and peer review <laughs> worse than a peer review right. um, way way worse uh, and i didn't i didn't really anticipate the level at the level of anger honestly that mm. they would have toward me about it what do you um, where do you think that anger came from my dad told me this actually pretty recently so this is oh. you know how when things like evolve and then they keep evolving we actually had another conversation about it just about a month or two ago and he said, I was so ashamed because all I've ever like, and we're all immigrants. He's like, all I've ever wanted for you was for you to be happy and successful and successful. Part of that means, you know, you find a guy, you get married, you make your family and then you live out the rest of your life. He said, so I don't have to worry about you. Mm. And he said, and now, you know, I, it feels like I didn't do my job to set you up properly. He said it was my own, it was his own shame. Okay. And he felt angry at himself. He felt angry at me also for making their life really challenging. You know, mm. like, how am I supposed to deal with this person now? What do mm. I do? Am I supposed to like them? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, right. I don't know how to answer any of your questions, actually. <laughs> I'm still dealing with me and what I've got going on yeah. and my child. But yeah, they were. My mom, I think, was less angry, but okay. my dad was really angry. Okay. And um, that was so hard. Yeah. I mean, I was, that actually was the most devastating thing about my divorce yeah. and co-parenting in the first year was my parents' disappointment and anger. Um, and I don't think in that, in that entire year they ever asked me, how are you doing? Mm. Even in the conversation where I told them we were going to, I sat down with them. Um, he didn't want to be part of that conversation. He's like, well, they're your parents. I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. um, talk about that but yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I said, well, but they've been our family for 20 years, but right. okay. So I went and had the conversation and I, it kind of went in, in the end, exactly how I knew it would. Okay. And it was just like, I can't believe you would do this. You know, I mean, is he beating you? And I was like, no, I think he would know that. Well, then what's the problem? What's the problem? Just stay for 10 more years. And I was like, wow. wait, what? You want me to do 10 more years? He's like, well, just wait until he's 18. And I was like, well, what? My son. And, mm. I, and I was like, well, what purpose would that serve? Mm. Right? For him to be 18 and say, oh, I stuck it out for 10 more years, son. You know, and didn't mm. tell you what was actually going on. I was like, 
you think he's not going to know? Right. He's not a dummy. Right. <laughs> Kids don't not know that these things, they might know exactly, but they know something's they wrong. They can feel it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my mom was powerful. a little less angry. She eventually was like, I think she actually just felt really devastated yeah. also because she felt like she should have known. Like, you're my kid. I see you all the time. How could I not have known? Mm-hmm. And I was like, because there was no way I was going to let you know. Mm-hmm. I'm a master at keeping right. whatever I don't want people to know very firmly hidden away. Okay. Like that is, you know, that's a genuine skill set. <laughs> I have compartments. I, at this. I was like, I have compartments far deeper than I am tall. Like, they, you know, I can put that way far down yeah. and you will never touch it. So, uh, and I was like, there was no way you were going to know. And I said, it because we spent so much time together, like there was no way, there was no way I could let you know. Because it would have infected everything. Mm. My so my ex and I also owned our clinic together, and my dad was also involved in that with us. I mean, there were so many. So many there was like this, yeah. So well, I just want to commend you <laughs> for not letting all these other things impact what you really needed to do for yourself and ultimately for everybody right because your happiness is important for your son for you and for your whole family right and once hopefully they've been been able to grieve and you know see that but um i just want to commend you especially knowing all these different reasons that many people would say i can't do it because of this this Mm -hmm. will be too hard we got business we got child we got family we got cultural whatever expectations and things like that so i commend you thanks yeah um that's super brave 20 years but (laughs) how did that make you feel though like they say i'm angry with you yeah even though you're going through that at home and the fact that the people that you're supposed to hey i need help they say we're disappointed with you they're like how did that make you feel what that make what did it make you think Uh, I mean, that I was totally alone. Mm. Um, It was definitely the most lonely time of my entire life. And then you, you know, layer that with COVID. Mm. Right. Oh, man. Man, I'm like, as as I'm saying this right now, I'm like, that was dark. It was a dark year, that first year. And then, you know, things shifted. You know, they, they gradually shifted and moved as they saw me getting they started to see parts of me that they hadn't seen mm. either before or since I was a little kid. Like what? You got to tell us. I mean, they just saw me smile more. Okay. <laughs> like, see, I was so, I was so <laughs> tired. I was so tired all the time. And mm. I was so, well, when you have all those, those things in compartments, it's heavy and it like, yeah. it's exhausting. And I was so held together all the time. And I couldn't, and you know, cause I was holding a lot together and I mm. just, they didn't know, but they just, my mom would always say, oh, you look so tired, you know, or right. she'd like touch my face like, oh, your skin looks so. <laughs> mom, Damn. mom's be going. <laughs> <laughs> mom's be going. I'm just caring for the whole community as a clinician as well as like my right. family. My golf game is slipping. So yeah. Yeah. What do you want oh, me to be? Goodness. Shining, radiant? <laughs> like right. what? Anyway, sorry, so go nice. ahead. So well, it is definite, I would say that piece is probably a little cultural. <laughs> sort of like, you know, they don't compliment they don't say you know oh you're you know you look beautiful that would bring the evil eye upon you or something right Um, it's like a left it's a layover from that so the way you express love is by telling your kids all the different ways that they are not performing so that they can okay it's generous okay that's a perspective that me and my friends have been getting loved on for years (laughs) (laughs) 
it's got you gotta that's a certain level of trust though to be able yeah. to like, yeah yeah so definitely. what's the, uh, the cultural background of your family we're all from India. India. Okay. Yeah. So my parents and I were all born there. And then okay. my parents grew up there all the way until um, their 20s and then moved. My dad moved away first. And then my parents actually had an arranged marriage, too. Okay. So okay. he decided at some point he was like, I'm ready to get married. So he sent the blue air mail to okay. all the family back in India and said, hey, I'm ready to for, you know, to meet a bride. Mm-hmm. And they set up, you know, for him to meet. 10, 12 different people. He came, he took a two-week vacation from his job, um, went back to India, met 10 or 12 people. He was like, she seems cool. Um, and, uh-huh. I mean, I need to do that. If you ever watch that Netflix series, Indian Matchmaking. I start it. Um, it's not like that. Oh. But, okay. I mean, that's, that's a certain um, socioeconomic strata okay. Okay. that gets married like that. Most people oh, so actually do it, even now, still this way. But okay. this, but also the way I'm describing is still a little old fashioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like he, you know, he could only get two weeks off work, so he went and did that. And uh, her father met with him and said, um, asked him, "Are you a teetotaler?" Which is like the British term, like, "Do you only take tea? Is is tea the totality of your drinking, or mm. do you use alcohol?" Oh. Okay. And he said, "I am not a teetotaler uh, okay. because he'd been working in the Middle East and then in New York." And my grandfather said, well, I like that he's honest. Mm. And he has a job in the United States. He'll probably provide for provide well for you. So my mom was like, all right. And she was 20. So was she really just like, all right? I mean, she didn't have a choice. Okay. Really. Got it. She was 20. Um, I mean, my grandfather wouldn't have forced her to marry him. But right. at some point, she would have been encouraged to marry somebody. Right. Um, and she's like, okay, he seems fine. And they got married. He went back to New York. She came over a couple months later, and that was that. So she moved out of her dad's apartment in Bombay okay. to my dad's apartment in Queens. Wow. <laughs> and they're still married to this They're day. still married. And I got to say, it's fascinating to look at them mm-hmm. and see what they have learned as married people and think, why didn't you share any of that with me? Mm, <laughs> I do. I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like cross generate across cultures i feel like that generational like older generations they don't share th- even my mom i'm she's just now sharing things with me that mm-hmm. would have been helpful in terms of womanhood and she shared yeah. a lot she did a great job but right. like there's some things like even like how she does her makeup or like <laughs> certain things and i wasn't interested in it at the time but yeah or she'll share about her dating life i'm like oh i wish you and because she i'm sure her mom didn't tell her about her right. dating life and so um anywho yeah that, yeah that well was, and i don't know that i would have listened right. you know like it's not like they got to date right. my mom definitely never dated so you know it she it was our lives were so different right. like she was raising a teenager in jersey and she had grown up you know only ever living in either her father's or her husband's homes Got it. Uh, yeah. Now, so happens she is a complete badass. Like, you know, she went on to become like a director in a tech corporation. Yeah. You know, she basically retired early to be, you know, grandma to my son. Aww. Like she is, she is something else. Right. Yeah. Um, and the way that they have grown together mm-hmm. is really, it's really beautiful. Um, the way that they keep doing that. And that has really been a huge part of our repair in this last couple of years since my divorce. Um, because they are those kinds of people like they're really dedicated to like learning and growing and being being better so they are very resilient humans so but i would have loved to have a couple you know 
little bits of yeah. <laughs> wisdom. Like what? like what? You know, just I, I think growing up in this country, there's so many narratives about like, you know, marriage is all about love and mm-hmm. chemistry and happiness. And, happiness. and I didn't even think about like when I thought about compatibility, I thought about likes and <laughs> that kind of thing. I didn't think right. about like. Do we actually have the same, are we compatible in terms of how we spend money? Mm. Are we compatible in terms of our drive and our ambition? Mm -hmm. Are we compatible about the way like we buy food and what Mm -hmm. we eat and um, whether we waste food, you know? Mm -hmm. And it turned out we weren't actually that compatible in terms of some of the like core values, not of being a human, but of being people who share a home together. Okay. We were not, we were, we did not share values in terms of how to be in a home together. Mm-hmm. We would have been great friends. Okay. Because awesome. <laughs> um, your co-parent is not, he doesn't mm. have the India. No, no. Right? Now he is uh, French, Canadian, Irish, but um, okay. yeah. Okay. But, you know, raised in the States, so. Okay. How was that reaction like when you when you first came about with your parents seeing as how <laughs> your mom and your dad met? How was that yeah. process when your co-parent came in the picture? Well, I think dating? my parents, well, so they really wanted us to be very American. So we were raised okay. like very heavily assimilated compared to the rest of the Indian community we grew up with. And this was, was this in um, in Jersey. Jersey. Yeah, Jersey. I eventually went to Boston, but yeah. So, yeah. So I grew up there. And so there's a lot of Indian families there, a lot of Indian immigrant families. And we were probably the most American of the kids. Okay. Um, and that was on purpose. You know, my dad was like, we're Americans, you know. And I was like, well, everybody here keeps telling us we're not, but okay. Hmm, um, right, that part. But he was like, you know, he really wanted us to be proud of that, too. So I think that they expected that we wouldn't have arranged marriages. Okay. They never mentioned it, never were like, well, eventually this is how this is going to end up do your american thing but you're eventually going to do this thing i think on some level i might have even expected they and they might have expected that we would end up with people who were not indian Mm -hmm. um but when i think back on it i dated lots of different kinds of people also just the population was more diverse so i dated people of all different races i think though and maybe in their heart of hearts they might have wanted someone who is Indian, because okay. there were certain pieces of that would have that would have felt more like home and comfortable. Right. right. Yeah. Um, Unspoken things that can only be understood. But yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like one thing that used to drive my ex crazy is my parents. So our family language is Tamil, mm-hmm. which is a South Indian language, and when they, th- my sister and I understand it, we speak it, but they love to drop into it when they want to have a private conversation <laughs> that is not private, like they're sitting right next to us mm-hmm. and then talking over us in our language. We're like, you do know we understand everything you're saying. Um, and that was how it started is we would sit on the top of the stairs and listen. Cause we were like, Oh, they're talking in Tamil. They're talking about us. Mm-hmm. So we would listen and that's how we learned. So they would do that. He would be in the car and they would talk about him. Oh, snap. I want to be. Okay, okay. Let me. Not to I was like, right. you guys I got a story. so rude. It, and it was also sort of funny. But is it rude? I mean, we could spend yeah. probably time on that. Yeah. But I mean, well, to talk about someone in front of them. But if you don't know, it's. Right, but right. When I've gotten my nails done at salons, where it's usually um, Vietnamese salons, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I started using an the Google Translator, I would turn the volume <laughs> down. See? Just saying, for your next partner, if they're not, you know, if they don't speak your language. 
that language then uh anyways but i would turn that on and i just try to i don't know if that's a breach of what i, I felt dirty yeah. it felt yeah. bad yeah i felt like i would get kicked out of that salon if no, they knew know what's going on. but i was yeah. like <laughs> and they're like talking about something else but right, um right. anywho but it, and i just feel like learning a language too i feel like you get to understand someone just differently yeah. Um, so do you think your ex would have ever tried to learn the language or no, okay. he, um, he didn't necessarily express any interest. Okay. And, you know, we did have that conversation once I said, you know, you could understand them if you wanted to learn. He was like, I don't really want to know what they're saying about me. So I'm like, <laughs> okay. Some things are meant to not. Yeah. 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 What about your son? Is he learning the language? Uh, sort of in the way that we started learning as kids. Okay. Like, so I actually learned more as an adult. Okay. My parents said they tried talking to both of us, mostly to me. So my sister's younger in Tamil and I would respond in English. Yeah. So I always understood, but would refuse to speak in the language back to them. So now we do more. So he's kind of doing the same thing where they can ask him questions, but he'll respond in English. Right. Okay. Um, but he has the accent and the, a lot of the vocabulary down. Okay. And it's interesting to watch him do that because he's heard it from you know, the very day he was born. I mean, they were sitting literally in the room when he was born. I love that sense of family and closeness. Um, yeah. So I know it must have been really rough during that that period yeah. with the changes. Yeah. Um, talking about like learning language and so on and so forth. Like, how do you feel that um, that your son is supported in both households in terms mm. of learning all the aspects of his identity? That's a good question. I I think I'm st struggling with that one a little bit because I don't know still like what is the responsibility. Mm. We haven't really talked about it. Mm. Um, I don't know that my ex feels like it's that important for him to talk about my son's identity okay. um, because he's not that parent. And um, and maybe he feels like he shouldn't mm -hmm. because he's not that parent mm -hmm. and because I'm there and my parents are there. So my sister also lives in town okay. and, okay. you know, with her family. So he I think he feels like we have that covered. <laughs> he's like between the five of you. Yeah. 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 And her partner is Ghanaian. And, oh, you know, wow. and my my niece is both Indian and Ghanaian. And my nephew is also, um, you know, biracial. So it's like. There is, I think he feels like as the outlier, as like the white guy in the family, he's mm -hmm. like, I just, I'm not touching this conversation. Okay. But I, I know that my son identifies as a, you know, as a person who is mixed race. Okay. okay. Um, at least that's how he, those are the words he uses. Okay. But he, it's interesting. I don't think it gets talked about at all in the other household. And then in our household, it gets talked about a lot right. because yeah. everybody is brown and black. And right. so it's yeah. like, you know, and my sister and I are also very politicized. Okay. And so we, you know, so we just, we talk about these things a lot. And so it's sort of interesting that it doesn't get corroborated. And I'm kind of still sitting in that place. Like, I don't know if it has to or should, mm. or if that feels confusing. I ask him periodically, like, do you feel like, a white guy mm. and he was like <laughs> i know <laughs> well because there's so much conversation like and i know it comes out of our mouths when we right. start talking about what people do and what people say right. it happens and yeah. how people act right. and i know it comes out and then i'm like mm -hmm. oops you know because then i feel like i'm neglecting part of his identity too right yeah. um okay. so i'm still 
uh, yeah, I feel a little conflicted about it, I'll be honest, mm -hmm. about how to actually nurture that mm -hmm. and whether my ex should feel any responsibility to it. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely feel like I at least want him to have conversations um, or at least be aware right. that people might not see his son the same way they see him. Right. And Is his, he aware of that? Are you, are I don't you know. know. Okay. I'll be honest. I don't know mm -hmm. if he really gets it. Because, right. I mean, we lived here in this town forever. Examples like we would go out to a show and I automatically do a scan. I look around. I'm like, anybody? Here? Right, right. The check-in. Yeah. Why? You, you know, know. You know. And I was, I would look around and he's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm scanning." <laughs> and it, so it was like, but after so many years, it's still like it was still a question. Yeah. And I was like, "How do you?" It's for safety, man. You got to know. Right. And I, I had never lived in a place like Seattle. I was like, "Why?" I've never been to a city like this. Like I grew up in Jersey lived in Chicago and then Boston mm. and then DC and then moved here. Mm. And I was like, I have never been to a place like this in my life where I go to a hip hop show mm. and there are three people in this yep. room who are not white. Oh, you can go to the MLK <laughs> March and be a minority. Yes. As a black person, as a brown person. Yes. Yep. Which we love yes. the allyship, but it is different. It, oh, yep. yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so I just... Yeah, that's that's so with that disconnect, did that play a role in some of your disconnect and needing to separate or oh. how do you see that playing out? Now that I look at it more, I think it did. Okay. And I kind of thinking about the question you asked earlier about values. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of my values are actually some of those things that I wish my parents had told me about, like how to run a household, how yeah. to manage money, how right. to, you know you know, feed ourselves and like how to plan for the future. Right. Maybe some of that is immigrant, not just cultural, mm -hmm. but a lot of that comes from my family of origin. Okay. And I realized that a lot of my core values of what I've really needed in my relationship were actually from my family culture. Okay. And that did actually feel like a big separation. And we had a lot of conversations about that. I won't say fights because we were very keen to say we never fight. <laughs> like, hey, yeah. We should have. That's impressive. <laughs> a lot of pressure, yeah. yeah. Um, discussions, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where, you know, it would kind of almost come out as like an insult. Like, oh, well, your family does this, you know, or your family's mm. so particular about being on time. Mm. I was like, what's wrong with being on time? I don't think being two hours late is cool. Right. <laughs> I hate being late. Right. <laughs> really like, it makes me really, it makes me feel <laughs> terrible. Right. Like, right. Um, like, uh, or your, you know, your family just cares so much about achievement, and I'm like, I love achieving. What's wrong with that? Right. Like, <laughs> it's not just my family; it's me too. Being right? Time and yeah, is like, it's okay. me too. Yes, yeah. exactly. And yeah. I think I realized, like, oh, I am a lot that my family. I am a lot my culture, and I won't say that it's all Indians, right? I mean, because that's right. like right. 1.5 billion people. There's a lot of different ways to be Indian, but like, it is definitely. I'll say at least the family culture. Right. Like a lot of my who I am is rooted in that. And I see a lot of that in my son. Right. Yeah. Like uh, he was doing the morning drop off. And my son would be late like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. To, to your house? To everywhere. Okay. <laughs> Even school? Oh, school. Mm. So this is how it came about. And then the principal finally calls me. And I was on good terms with the principal. But I was like working like 80 hours a week. So I didn't get to do the morning drop off. Like I would leave the house by like 6 45, seven. Mm -hmm. 
And um, the principal finally called. She's like, well, I'm not really worried about your son. Like, Rohan's a great student. He's a good citizen in school, you know, all that stuff. But he's late, like, four times a week. And I was like, I know. I just I can't bring him to school every day. And so that's mm. what happens. Mm. So it wasn't working to have the conversation with my ex about, like, he was like, what's the big deal? It's just first grade or, you know, whatever. Oh, um, man. And I was like, so school, but I'm always but late I, and I still feel But I'm about like, school's this. really important. And I was yeah, like, I'm not just, late to school. And disrespectful to the teachers. And yeah. But he has a really different relationship with school. That was not a, it wasn't a super positive experience for him. Mm. So one, so then finally I talked to my son. I was like, hey, Miss Riley called me, you know, um, concerned about your attendance. And uh, I said, you're late a lot. What can we do about that? And he just looked down and he was sort of teary. He's like, I hate being late. And I was like, bingo and that's when i went and i said like he hates this and he was like oh okay changed right away okay, when it was him i was like okay cool that's so good. yeah beautiful yeah Wait, so let's take a moment to recognize so you felt a way about it already you didn't love it it doesn't mm -mm. line up with your own values family values yeah and then but when you asked your son yeah i like that timing you pause you didn't go straight down right Dad's oh throat. i was going to <laughs> right but you pause you like something something's telling me that there's a better way to, like i'm gonna get better results and then you also made it really about your son though what does yeah. my son need i love that that's so yeah. important i just want to make sure my listeners heard that yes <laughs> yes and i think that that is like the best part of what we are evolving into is that if it's about what he wants mm -hmm. he's way more game than if i if i say you know i want or i think mm -hmm. that's that's a non-starter in the mm -hmm. conversation just so. it ends the conversation it ends, it ends the conversation <laughs> real so. quick i hear you same so have you been empowered to recognize and own the differences now yeah since it's like it's differences more, of what of like values like oh. being mm -hmm. on time the importance of school because you know when you're in a relationship you have to compromise in yeah a certain way but now that you said we're like no i really don't like being late mm -hmm. or, yeah we go respect education so yep right that so part. is it is there another big difference you've noticed now between the two households um i mean just like little things like chores like mm -hmm. i mean like i always had it was never negotiable, you know, like we all live here. We're all part of this community. We all do those things. Right. So, I mean, from the time he was five, I had him doing chores. Yeah. And so in my house, he does chores every week. I was like, you do your own laundry. You clean your own bathroom. Yeah. You help me put groceries away. You're helping to make the shopping list because half the food I make is for you. Um, you know, all, all those things. And now starting to work on anticipating, like I need you to start looking around and think about what needs to be done here. I'm not the person who needs to tell you everything to do because I'm thinking ahead. I want you to be a great roommate or a partner someday. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. And while that might not be specifically a cultural difference, I see that in the way that my parents mm. um, are in their marriage is, um, well, my dad has a lot of weaponized incompetence. <laughs> a lot. Uh, but I haven't heard that term before. Yeah, I've never heard that. Mean? That's a good one. Oh, Weaponized incompetence that if I just say, oh, I don't know how to do that, or you do it better than me, or um, why don't you do that? Because you always do it so great, you get out of doing it. Um, and that was that's good, like, that, was, that, that was that was that was a theme for us. <laughs> okay. And and I was like, well, you're right. I am better at doing it. And then I was like, wait a second. Why am I doing all the things? Right. Yeah. I'm better <laughs> at doing all the things now. Wait. <laughs> I don't like this. You're so good at it. Good job. Yeah. yeah. That was probably one of the other. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't like I don't it's hard to say like is it family culture, is it just culture? Mm -hmm. 
but that idea that like we all are in a communal situation. Everybody, it's an all hands on deck kind of thing right. was probably one of those other differences that I feel very empowered. Like, nope, this is my house. Right. And this is how we do things. Right. This is our home. And this is how we do things in our home. Beautiful. And how you do things in your other home, that's for you two to work out. And so, yeah, empowerment is a big, it's, it's an accurate word for how I feel about just being able to create that kind of relationship with my son, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's because it's like you, your son, your house. So it's like, okay, now I can implement what makes me feel good about this situation. Yeah. You know? Like what you think is going to serve your son. Mm -hmm. I know for me, that's one of the things I tell my clients where, you know, they might feel disappointed that some values and routines aren't spread across households. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but they're still getting that with you though. Mm -hmm. And it's not to be undervalued. Like that's a really critical thing. And you get to, you get to own that. You get to feel, yeah. you know, happy about that. And they get to learn multiple ways of having, running a household and they get to choose later on. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. true. That's a really good point. I mean, they have different teachers every single year. I mean, he has six different teachers in a day. So yeah. they learn how everyone operates and, and that's great. So, yeah. That's yeah. so cool, man. I want to get back. Were you going to say something? Sorry. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I want to get back to the identity. And oh, like, yeah. Because I, I, I think that's something key when I'm thinking about interracial blended families. And I feel like that is, I'm thinking the word allyship. So we talked about allyship earlier. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, what would it, do you, as, I mean, I don't know. Do, how do we think about allyship when it comes to blended family and you know, that parent who might not identify with the more underrepresented race yeah. side of you, you know, they might still need to be an ally. I don't, I don't know. Me, me and my ex are, well, we do. We have to, my ex is Muslim and I'm mm -hmm. spiritual Christian foundation. Yeah. Um, and so I, I act as an ally and support them. And like, I might talk about some things or like, let's look it up together. I'm not sure yeah. what this word means. And so anywho. I think that there was more allyship when he when we were actually together okay. and when he was connected in particular to my parents. Okay. And so one of the things that's starting to happen now that we're a little further out is that disconnect between him and my parents. Mm. And my parents, it's not that they don't like they still invite him over for dinner and, you know, all these kinds of things. He's invited to all the family, like the big family functions. He comes yeah. over for Christmas and mm -hmm. stuff. But that is starting to split apart. Right. And I think that he was more invested in talking about our family culture and um, our son's identity, mostly at, at, like, out of respect to my parents. Right. Mm. And as he gets further away from them, and then and definitely from me, it seems like that is less of a conversation. Like when I've asked my son, I try not to be right. too nosy, you right. know, because he's also 12 and a half. Like, you know, they know when you're being nosy. <laughs> Um, but also I age. really want him to feel like he can share with me what's happened. Like I know right. he's safe, right? He's yeah. safe and his dad loves him. Mm -hmm. So after like everything beyond that is just details. So I want him to share with me what he feels like is important. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I have asked like, Oh, do you guys like still eat Indian food? You know? Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, not really. Um, I was like, Oh, that's curious. I was like, you and your dad have always loved Indian food. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, we don't eat it. Um, you know, do you go to, do you talk about like the Indian holidays and mm -hmm. things like that? He's like, no, actually we haven't. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of interesting. Like those were things he was more, was recognizing more, um, when we were together. Okay. Um, and not even because we were super dedicated to all like, you know, precisely acting out all the 
cultural rituals, but I think that, you know, he just wanted, he felt that need to keep my son more connected to his, um, his identity. And I don't think that that's as true anymore. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting to see if he feels split as he gets older. Like if he feels like he's Indian with me, but then mm-hmm. white with his dad. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I mean, I'm not mixed, so I, I can't relate, but I am curious to see how that plays out. Um, I, I mean, I have an opinion though. I do. I would hope that I would, I feel like it would just make sense to continue that nurturing. Maybe mm-hmm. he's not the primary educator of that, right. like, you know, identity, right? Because he is not of the identity. There's probably a line, a boundary that would be appropriate. But um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, since we don't know, but like assuming maybe things have fallen off. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I, I feels like kind of a miss. Because um, your son is both. He doesn't stop yeah. being Indian and white, no. like, wherever he goes, right? And so, yeah, um, yeah. Hmm. we'll have to keep exploring that. But I don't know. I, I personally, I feel like allyship should start at home. <laughs> I don't know. Like that on a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> right, because even oh, with yeah. our parents, we're different from our parents in some ways, right? Like, let's say, yeah. you know, your parents are heterosexual and you're not. Right. Then, happy Pride Month, by the way. Um then, you know, they, they have to model allyship right. for their child. That's yeah. their first ally should be their parent. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's like we always model allyship with all the things that we aren't, right. you know, and that's part of being an ally. When well, we right. should. Yeah, we should. We should. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. We're but, so then, but, like, if West we Coast. are interested in allyship, right. we're, we're modeling this behavior of, some, of things that we may not be. Mm. I don't know. Like, I, I always thought of myself as a straddler. Like, I was Indian. But it was also really American. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But neither side owned me, you know, because for Indian people, I was way too American. Mm-hmm. Like when we go back and visit aunties and stuff, like they were like embarrassed by me, you know, because mm-hmm. I wasn't demure and quiet enough. And, you know, and then um, on the American side, like, you know, then there's all of that. We're like, go back to where you came from, mm-hmm. terrorist, lots of other names, oh, you know, all kinds of things. So that's yeah. there's that both sides of like, well, nobody wants you. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but you're both. Right. And in his case, like, he's received kindly, you know. Okay. So at least I feel like he has maybe, like, some positive reps. Right. And so hopefully that's just how he feels about it. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I feel like I feel like this weight of, like, if I don't do this thing, he's never going to get that. And mm-hmm. maybe that's not necessarily true. Yeah, I was curious. And yeah. I'm happy that you touched on it because I was curious. Because I know as a, a black man, right, you know, there's a lot of storylines going on when a black man or a black woman dates a white person. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, and, you know, you touched on some of the racism that you experienced. Was that, did that happen a lot when you guys were married? When you guys go out? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Cause really? Only, yeah, because, mm-hmm. like, see, like, because they don't talk about, like, everybody dealing with it. There's only they highlights. They talk on about white and black. White and yeah. black. Yeah. They don't talk yeah. about it, all, all other interracial relationships going through something. So yeah. I was curious. So, okay, so. Oh, yeah. So yeah. either people would tell him, like, oh, you, have you ever heard the phrase O fetish? Oh, no. um, oriental fetish oh, but yeah, like okay. oriental Shortened as like well now we talk about people being all Asian we're not rugs you know but right. <laughs> uh, but oh, that was God. like a term back in the night so if you yeah. still so like a white guy dated anyone that wasn't white or black mm-hmm. you had an O fetish 
Wow. And so people would say things like that to him. Wow. And he was like, what does that even mean? And right. I think I'm the only non-white person he's ever dated. Okay. Um, and then, and definitely for me, I got a lot of comments from people like, what are you doing with that white dude? Okay. You know, you're going to lose your culture. Oh, wow. You know, what do you, you know, you think they, are, they want you. You oh, think wow. they, you know, they're going to ever let you be part of their family. You're, you know, you're an idiot. And, you know, they weren't totally wrong. I wasn't really You said they weren't totally they wrong. They weren't totally Damn. wrong. I wasn't part of their family. But, you know. Yeah, because we haven't talked about his family. Yeah, though. I know. We, we, yeah. we, we don't. We might, we might not. We might not do that. I mean, it's okay. It's okay. I, um, so his family. His yeah. family. Yeah, go ahead. He, yeah. So he grew up in a real small town, like post-industrial town on the New York and Canadian border. And so all the families there are pretty much French Canadian or Irish or both. Okay. And, uh, and that, yeah, there are, there, I think there's like one or two Indian people in that town. They're the town doctors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he never really had, you know, non-white friends, mm-hmm. um, you know, until we met in Boston, but, um, it, his family just, they were nice. They were polite to me, but they never really welcomed me as their family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was never really welcomed as part of their family. They, you yeah. know, they didn't um, really treat me like a daughter. Like, And definitely when you have a family like mine, in contrast, that it's like, your family, come on in. I'm going to tuck you in right here. Mm-hmm. You're coming on all the family vacations from day one, right. you know. Um, you're driving us to the airport, like. Good and bad. Yeah, my family is like, as soon as we have identified you mm. as family-ish, yeah. you're in. You're in there. I was yeah. like, you know? I might need to branch out. That I know, lovely. I know. Oh, whatever. Find somebody to love I mean, the the way that they found the community I grew up with in Jersey is they moved to that town and they looked in the phone book for an Indian name. And they called them, and we are still friends with those people that to this is, day. I love that. I was like 50 years ago. I so that's the kind of community like I grew up with, yeah. where it's yeah. like all my aunties and uncles, they're not actual my blood aunties and uncles. Yeah. They're just all those people. And so it's just really different than the way he grew up. Right. right. And he didn't grow up with that kind of community. Um, his family of origin, also, there's definitely like it, it wasn't a positive upbringing. There was definite like what I would describe as an abusive household. But from his description, everybody in town got beat. So, you know, we have a, we have a difference of opinion on how that affects people. Mm -hmm. Um, They have never said one word. I mean, I never got a call on a birthday or, you know, a mother's day or anything. And um, I mean, this is actually a little sweet. Like his mom really loves greeting cards. Okay. So she, what she would do is buy like, Easter, Mother's Day, birthday, and then just send all three of them. At once? At once. I love um, it. The Why one thing, waste the post-it? Right. <laughs> right. And, his, and then there was Father's Day in there, and his birthday and I, mine and his birthday are the same month. So she would just send all five <laughs> cards in one envelope. Um, that was probably the most relationship okay. that we ever had. I've never spoken to them once since we've been divorced. Wow. Um, does, does your, what about your son? Is he accepted by them? <sighs> I think they, Mm. that is a great question. Okay. I, from my perspective, no. Okay. And I think from his perspective, he's like, well, it's not like they're rejecting him or saying he's not our grandson. An example is when he was younger, I, I'm, you know, the atheist thing, right? 
he was raised in the Catholic Church, like went to Catholic school. His uncle is a priest. Okay. You know, he's got like a, a name that is biblical, a middle name that is biblical and his confirmation name. Like they are, okay. you know, they got lots of um, Catholic culture as well. And I was like, well, to me, Catholicism is a religion, but it's also a culture. Mm. And that is your family's culture. Mm -hmm. So I would be okay if um, Rohan got baptized as Catholic. Okay. Um, and they refused. Wait, what? Because I'm not Catholic. Oh. And I was like, who cares? I was like, I'm just saying I want you to invite my son into your right. family and your community. Right. Um, is, is that a Catholic thing? or is I don't even know. It is a Catholic I'm thing, okay. technically, that both that parents should be Catholic. And really, if you're going to baptize a kid, what you're like the, the promise you're making is that you're going to raise your child in that faith. Mm. And I was like... None of y'all practice. None of you even go to right. church. Who cares? Like, like this is honorary. <laughs> this is you. To me, it yeah. was like you accepting him into your, you know, your people. Right. And they said no. And wow. yeah. And like, and really was like, we're like going in defense of it. Well, you're not Catholic. I'm like, so? Right. When's the last well, time any of you been to church? <laughs> right. Like, why, why yeah. did the rules apply here and not in these other areas in your right. life? Yeah. Right. I was like, all the other children are baptized, and I have never heard of one of any of the other cousins going to church even one time. Okay. <laughs> so. So it was, um, yeah, that, to me, that felt like evidence that, you know, we tolerate you, you know, mm -hmm. but we don't accept you. Right. Mm -hmm. So how's your we, son been dealing with that, with dealing with his they dad's Luckily, they live in New York. And oh, okay. they don't ever come to visit. Um, so honestly, I don't think it really affects him very much at all. Out of and out of mind. it's kind of a bummer because I would love for him to have that relationship with his grandparents. Right. Does have obviously one set that he sees, you know, three times a week. But which is classic. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't grow up with any grandparents. Like we okay. came here with nobody, right? And we created our community yeah. right. from other immigrants. But I didn't actually. I only got to really see my grandparents like five times in my whole life. Okay. So you can have a relationship even without that. Like I used to write letters and things like that. But right. um, I, I f it feels bad to me to know that his grandparents are there. They're out there mm -hmm. and he has no relationship with them. And there was an opportunity to, to invite us in mm -hmm. and they turned us down. Right. So, you know, I think it just made it clear to me like, okay, y'all over there. Right. 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 So let me break this down. You grew up atheist the co-parent grew up Catholic. Yep. You know, cultural background from India, French Canadian. <laughs> where was the middle ground? Yeah, where was, like how right. did that? I'm curious, like how did you guys connect? Yeah, what brought you <sighs> together? Yeah. In the first that is place? a great question. Um, I'm glad this gave away what I was trying to ask. Like, yeah. <laughs> why did yeah. you like this person? No, I'm just no, kidding. No, 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 no. <laughs> what did you see Since in this that, guy? That, well, <laughs> honestly, I think what I what really drew me in is that we were so different. Yeah, that could be and fun at first. <laughs> yeah, well, and I didn't recognize that the things that the ways in which we were different were actually going to be the things that made it kind of impossible for us to really have a harmonious mm. marriage. Like you stated earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, he was sort of like fly by the seat of his pants and, you know, all those sorts of things. But like mm -hmm. we didn't, what? I guess polit politics maybe. Okay. You know, like definitely like very liberal viewpoints mm -hmm. and, you know, it felt like we were kind of on the same page that way. And that mm -hmm. felt important if we were talking about making a life. But gosh, I mean, 
It's like almost 24 years ago that we met. Okay. <laughs> okay. That it also feels really gray sometimes. Like, what was it that brought us together? Yeah. And I think maybe it was just that we were so different. Right. And that was intriguing. It's like, let's build on that. Yeah. So. What and maybe like we can make this work, yeah. right? We're gonna beat the odds. I'm stubborn yeah. enough for everybody. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so what, like, what advice there would too. you give? <laughs> what advice would you give couples, right? That they interracially like is is based on your experiences. Is it important to have yeah similar cultural values or like according to you? Like, what would you? How would you give advice to someone? Well, I would probably give them some homework assignments okay <laughs> like, like to be quite school, honest and so i am school, seeing yeah. somebody <laughs> i am seeing somebody who is also not indian and mm -hmm. i gave them some homework assignments okay. i was like look <laughs> we're not doing this right. like my games. family is everything to me and i'm not bringing you into this mm -hmm. community yeah. um unless you under like unless you're ready to be like invested here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so you have to go learn and on your own. Right. Um, <laughs> right. I like shit. You got to read the books. Mm -hmm. uh, if you haven't read it yet, start with White Fragility. Like, I no, mean, like, and part. work your way all the way up, you know? Like, it's <laughs> a great starting point. I mean, I honestly, that would, that would be one of my pieces of advice is like, um, maybe even sit with your own family of origin mm -hmm. and figure out like, what are the core values of us that come from our culture? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think that people don't understand about us? Mm -hmm. um, and it could be the family unit, but it could be the cultural piece too. Mm -hmm. What does this person need to understand and communicate that? Like these are the, and figure out as you, like are those deal breakers. But for me, they weren't deal breakers back then. Right. You know, because okay. I was like trying to be American, right? right. I wasn't mm -hmm. trying to embrace my own culture. And I didn't realize that Oh, and having my own kid, but also as I got older, mm. I wanted to be more connected to my family of origin and all my family. I mean, I, most of my blood family lives still in India. Mm. Okay. Um, and I don't get to see them very much, but you know, WhatsApp, Facebook, we yeah, can, we can be in more touch, but I, I want that. And so I didn't know that I would want those things. So I would tell someone like, just assume that you're going to want to be more connected to your culture or some part of your culture when you get older. That's it. Yes. You know, if you're in your 20s, it's not cool. When you're in your 40s, <laughs> almost 50s, I was like, it's at least a curiosity. Right, so someone should be off. someone should be curious about that with you yeah. now so that you can work on, you can learn together. Right. I just, I'm loving this. Thank you so much. It's been yeah, so insightful. I am not trying, I don't want this to sound ignorant, like, oh, I watched this one Indian American family on TV, <laughs> like, but the Mindy Kaling Project, yeah. I just watched it, for, I watched all of it, and I, there's parts of it that were hard for me as, like, a woman of color, some, mm -hmm. I don't know, I had some opinions on some of the ways that black yes. people were depicted at first, and things like that, but anywho, I did see this trend of, like, you know, her dating white, a lot of white men, and, like, I w read all the, the articles and things like that, and then they end up getting married, a Catholic mm -hmm. man, and... You know, they mm -hmm. get divorced, and now they're co-parenting. And I don't know that she ever – I think her parents were, like, also like, hey, you know, we want you to – we raised you to be American. Like, we want you to have this experience. Yeah. And so, I don't know, did you – I don't know if you ever watched it, but did you see any similarities with the co-parenting or yes. anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I think, yes, there were a lot of similarities in that – in her stories and mine, and I think um, a few people like me – um who are sort of in that middle 
weird zone of like we're American, but we're also this other right. thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think that it just sometimes when you're like so dedicated to be parting being part of the dominant culture you're just you me i was so like happy to let go of my own stuff Mm -hmm. i mean like oh that doesn't matter that doesn't matter that doesn't matter and i think that that is the part that like i see a lot in the um in these multicultural relationships and then the blended families and the co-parenting that happens later where you're like no, it does matter. Right. <laughs> it actually matters a right, lot. Right. Like, I don't want my son to feel the shame I felt growing mm. up. I want him to feel proud of who he is. Right. Yeah. Whereas, like, I was so ashamed of being Indian. And, okay. you know. Really? Um, oh, yeah. Upbringing or well, just being Im- upbringing or being an immigrant, yeah. you know, like being embarrassed. Like when my grandparents, like the couple times they ever came to the country and I got to spend time with them. And I, like, flat out rejected them mm-hmm. because they're in their, like, Indian clothes you know, talking in their language and I'm like 13 and right. walking 50 feet in front of it. Cause also, you know, I was 13. Right. You're embarrassed yeah. by everybody. Yeah, right. Exactly. But I was like yeah. mortified yeah. that I would be seen as something not American, mm. that yeah. I wouldn't be seen. I wouldn't be included with them. Right. And so I think that's the thing that, um, that's just like, it's still mirrored in a lot of that. Those narratives is right. like, we're like, it's sort of culture light. We're like, mm. we dabble in it a little bit, but right. we don't really live it. We don't really immerse ourselves in it because we're like, let's pick it, let's pick and choose the parts of our culture that, like, the white Americans are okay with. Right. Um, right. And that's, like, I mean, like, there's real consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, I hope you you give yourself grace. I'm sure you do and um, all that. And I love that you get to look at it in hindsight and then leverage that knowledge you have to support your son who has maybe a a more similar experience to you than maybe your parents do to you Mm -hmm. um, in some regards. So, yeah. So I'm curious with, (laughs) with your son, um, has he verbalized his interest in learning more about, you know, his mom's culture a little bit, or are you just doing it softly? Like letting him like just be, just be immersed in it naturally or has he expressed interest? Kind of both. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think by default he had to be immersed in it because yeah. my parents were there and they yeah. were like making his food for him mm. and talking with him. Nice. And so for him, those are his. Uh, he got exposures to that culture that I didn't get even that young, oh. um, because he had his grandparents right. there in a way that I would have, you know, had we had they raised me in India, I would have been raised by my grandparents and you know in those first right. couple of years, and I would have had all of those exposures. Um, and so he, in some ways, he's more. Indian and Indian curious than I am, oh. you know, like, and certainly far more years in advance, like 30 years ahead of me. Okay. Um, but he's, he's asked to go to India. So we were actually supposed Clutch. to, Clutch. we were supposed to go March of 2020. Okay. COVID that thing. Yeah. So our, our trip was March <laughs> literally. Keeps giving. I know. So we canceled the trip. Um, okay. And, uh, and so we're actually going to go next year, nice. but he's like excited to go. Yeah. And I was like the first time I, my parents took us to India. I went when I was a little kid and then we just didn't have money to go for like 10 years. Yeah. So I went when I was 16 and 
I mean, I literally threatened to chain myself to the house. I was like, I'm not going. All you do is talk about how dirty <laughs> India is and how corrupt it is. Why would you take you me there? You know, sell me all that guy. And my dad's like, fine, chain yourself to the house. He's like, I will cut it off and put you and that in the plane. Mm. Um, and I went and had the most amazing time of my life because then I met all these people who looked like me. Finally, right. I met all my cousins, and it. I mean, that trip actually changed my life in a lot of ways like I feel like it made me feel a lot less ashamed of who I was mm. I was like oh, there's a whole country of people that look like mm -hmm. me that's amazing Absolutely. you could be somewhere I mean I still stood out because yeah. of the still way I walk American. and talk yeah. and you know we were wearing shorts at one point and then we stopped doing that because <laughs> that was bad okay. we had like a, literally 15 guys following us oh wow okay and mom Got was it. like this is your fault put on some clothes <laughs> Told um, you what to do. but he's he's super interested he likes learning the language like he'll sit with my dad and mm. like have him teach him different words um it. he likes that he has an indian first name nice. um so yeah it's he's definitely got that that spark and i hope and i think okay if you're in middle school and you think any part of your parents or your grandparents is mildly cool i'll take that as a win yeah absolutely <laughs> you guys are killing it that's dope man. what are some things that and i know we're wrapping up soon yeah. but what are some things that you feel you and your co-parent do well hmm. mm. i feel like we center our son really well okay yeah. that's our co like that is like when we talk, when i think about like what is our common thread at least for the last you know 12 13 years it's him yeah. He's been the fixture. And so, Beautiful. yeah, I think we do that. We have different ideas about what, you know, school, time, homework, you know, activities, things like that. Um, bedtimes. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. uh, we have pretty different ideas about that. But I'm like, if, if that's the worst that's happening in the grand scheme of things, I can handle that. Message. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I, I have like two, two, two more questions. First one: What are you hoping that your son learns or gains from the trip to India? Mm. I hope that he feels like he belongs in this world. Mm. Um, I never felt like I belonged anywhere, and mm. I still kind of, you know, feel like I wander through worlds. Mm -hmm. Um. Which has also got its pluses. Right. But I feel, I hope he feels like he's got roots here and he has roots somewhere else. I really hope he gets to connect with his cousins who are all his age. They're oh all my. 11 to 14. Oh. There's six boys from 11 to 14 oh, that right he has here. never yeah. met before. And I'm like, I just want you to know them because you'll all be around when we're all old That's and gone. Right. So right. Keep the generation going. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And my last question to you is, Looking back on it, right, 20 years, you got a beautiful son, mm -hmm. result from it. What advice would you have given yourself mm. of what's to come? Ooh. I did not see any of it coming. But also, like, the blessings, too. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. I have to say, like, the where my life is right now is – I could not have pictured this in one million years. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I'm an incapable person. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of confidence in my ability to make things happen. I couldn't have seen any of this. And I was like, that is, so when I, when I, I have actually like seven friends going through divorces right now and I want to mm -hmm. be like, it actually, I know it sounds crazy and really trite, but it actually gets better mm -hmm. and not even better, but like, 
amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's amazing. Absolutely. But there are also, but while it's getting amazing, there are also some really hard parts too. Right. So Absolutely. it's like this big ball of amazing with this ball of really challenging stuff. Um, and the realization I just had recently was, oh, we are actually going to be in relationship until I die. Yep. There you go. That's a key one. <laughs> Another message. Yeah. School messages. I think that's so key, though. I, I mean, I think people, I want people to grasp that mm -hmm. your life isn't over because your relationship's over. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, right. I fucking love my life. Yes. I love it so much, not yes. trying to compromise and fit and mold something else or mold me. And I just, mm -hmm. I don't know, the peace of mind and the fulfillment I have. Um, is indescribable and mm -hmm. because our societies just place so much value on like romantic love and marriage yeah. it's just oh, like yeah. especially as a woman of color oh you're you, how are you happy you're not married like but you really want to be married though right like sure you're happy but you really want that anywho yep. it's very infuriating but it's their problem not mine Indeed, indeed. I'm like, well, I don't know. I, feel I think about it from a medi <laughs> I think about like from a medicine standpoint. If like someone, if a doctor gave you a remedy or a pill and said, "Well, fifty-two percent of the time it doesn't work," would you take it? You wouldn't. Mm. So why do we just keep throwing ourselves right back into marriage? I hear you. That yeah. part. These are great <laughs> questions to ask ourselves. I mean, I do actually. It would be nice to get married, but. <laughs> With all that. With all yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> I like, well, I'm going to uh, take my time. Yeah. I'm not in any I like. Rush. I like love. Yeah, okay. I like, yeah. Yeah, what's, um, your, what's, what's, what's on the horizon for you? I actually, like, uh, met someone okay. randomly, like, through Introduced from another friend. And taking, the, taking the quiz. You know, you gave yeah, the, oh, yeah, I gave, gave, gave him the homework. Gave him the homework. And we have moved, like, really slowly with, like, introducing kids oh, and yeah. families. They have kids, too. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, two boys who are um, 11 and 9. So okay. the three of them are like, you know, uh, they're buddies. Aww. And so it's actually really sweet, but we have taken like very, taking it very, very slowly. And that's I, great. and I would just say that's like, I wish that that was always my mindset. That like, what was the rush, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was like this box, adulting box check kind of thing. Yeah. The milestone sort of thing. And I was like, what was I in a rush for? I think I was just rushing everywhere. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, love is great, and I actually like. I like that we live in different houses. I love that. And <laughs> we get to hang out when we want to, right. and then I get my own time. Like if my son's not with me and we're not yep. hanging out, I'm like, I get like a night, maybe sometimes two, all to myself. Mm. It is so Imagine nice. That. People don't see that's what those full time I parents. Know. I mean, we're all full time parents, but you know, like yeah. Yeah, they don't. They don't know. I, I so my. <laughs> what are we doing right now? Okay, it's my life. But like, <laughs> it's a cult. I'm just, <laughs> just welcome to the club. Full time parents. But no, my in our last life. episode with Keisha, yeah. so my child's mm -hmm. stepmom. Oh, nice. She's pregnant mm -hmm. with with my baby daddy's child, mm -hmm. and um, she was saying she's like, oh wait, now I'm not gonna have weeks off. Like, she's gonna be. <laughs> No. She's like, maybe I can send him to you with Dior, <laughs> and then I'll have my time. I was like, nope, that's not how it really no, works. I mean, maybe a sleepover here and there. Y'all noticed but... that evil laugh that Sydney just gave, right? <laughs> what? What? Like, what? Like, what? Anyways, no. Actually, what will happen is that you'll have both of them, and right. I will be at home in my bathtub. Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> yeah, this level of childcare is oh, awesome. Well, right. <laughs> this is a plot to go on. well, thank you so thank much. You. <laughs> this has been awesome. Is there any final words? Yes. Or are you feeling good? This has been amazing. Yes. No, I'm feeling good. Thank this you. Is awesome. Thank you. How can people find you? Yes, I love your if blog. They, if you want oh. to be found, that's uh, <laughs> if I want to be found, yeah. um, you know what? They can find me on my blog. Okay. I think it's just drsanita.blog. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Great blog. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Drsanita.blog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. S U N I T A. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Thank right. you. Yeah. Yay. Thanks. Appreciate you so much. Thank you.